And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Thanks, Philippa. If you've uh, been around the church for the last month or two or whatever, we're uh, travelling through the Gospels and we're looking at uh, the master plan of moving people in following Christ, uh, looking at how Jesus uh, did discipleship uh, in the Gospels. And uh, over the last uh, month or so, we've been looking at this uh, as sent ones, as we've been sent into the world. So as we go into the world, uh, we've been looking at uh, a number of sermons. I preached a while back on priorities, uh, opportunities. Uh, Andrew preached about uh, plans, making plans. We go to the next slide. Um, And the eating and drinking sermon. I listened to that this week. It was a Good one, I liked it, it was good. So if you, any of these sermons, they're online, well most of them are online, so if you want to go to our website, you can either go over them again or catch up if you've missed. Um, and this week as we sort of wrap up this sort of as you go section of the master plan, we're going to uh, look at uh, success and failure um, and sort of learning from it or defining it uh, a little bit. So I've just had a a couple of weeks off, uh, which was nice to have a a, a bit of a break. And uh, during that time, I probably overindulged in my Olympic uh, viewing. Um, As I said in the office, I got into my uniform, which were my grey tracky dacks, my green hoodie, uh, this sort of position, and uh, watched far too much uh, Olympics. 
But I am a bit of an expert on Olympics now, so if you need to know anything, uh, come and speak to me. Um, I don't know if... Um, Oh, probably as I was preparing this sermon, what confronted me, and it's, what's, it's been on our TVs and everywhere, is isn't it the effect of, so, uh, of uh, success or failure. It's been really evident. When you watch the Olympics, you see uh, what success and failure uh, does to people, doesn't it? Uh, people sort of uh, celebrating, or tears of joy and tears of devastation, elation and devastation. I've seen so much of it uh, this week. Uh, so we'll go to the next slide. I don't know if you saw this guy. Um, he was uh, a diver, a Russian diver. I did, I've got his name here somewhere. Ilya Zakharov. Uh, he was a gold medalist in uh, the London Olympic Games. I don't know if any of you saw his dive this year. That's how it ended. <laughs> he scored, you know what he scored for it? Zero. <laughs> it's, you can have a look on, online, it's... Um, well, we think it's a very funny dive, but he was devastated from it. It's quite interesting, isn't it? From one year to go from uh, holding up the gold medal to the next year being uh, humiliated and devastated as he, his dive went all wrong. Um, and I think as I saw people sort of striving uh, for their goals, um, and, and I think it's sort of a little bit... Whether success or failure was defined a little bit by their goals. So some people were uh, out there to um, win a gold medal and they were devastated when they didn't. Some people were, <laughs> it's, it was interesting to watch, wasn't it? Some people were just elated to make it to a final of the Olympics or to, some people did, were just elated to even be performing, uh, or sorry, yeah, at, uh, at the Olympics. And, I, and for me, it said a lot about um, success and failure is sort of definition around the goals that you, you might have. What is failure? What is success? Um, personal bests or, um, or, or, or um, goals that you may have set. I found this quote from uh, Michael Jordan. As we sort of just, I'm just starting to sort of set the scene of this whole idea of success and failure. Um, he said this, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. We don't have to see those repeated on YouTube, do we? <laughs> uh, but I failed over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. And we're sort of familiar with this idea, aren't we, that we uh, learn from our failures and that success is actually built on probably just a whole lot of, of failures. I tried to uh, remember, I think it was Thomas Edison, he invented the light bulb, didn't he? And I can't remember what it is, something like a thousand different um, metals that he was trying to find for the filament. And every time he would fail and every time that people would laugh, he said, now I know one more that it's not. And he would go on try, trying. Um, and so I think um, success and failure, we, we sort of know these ideas and it helps us uh, to process uh, this sort of thing. Um, did anyone see these guys this week? We'll go to the next slide. Did anyone see these guys? Uh, two American divers. Um, they won silver medal in the synchro diving, which I think is pretty amazing if you've ever watched that. Just how they get so in time is phenomenal. Um, and afterwards, they were interviewed. It's been doing the rounds on, um, on YouTube and stuff like that. On their Twitter accounts, 
Do you know what their identity is on Twitter? They identify themselves as followers of Christ. <laughs> if you go onto their... Yeah. Um, their names, um, uh, what are their names? I wrote them down. Ste uh, Steele Johnson and David Baudia. Um, and this is what they said in this interview. Uh, David Baudia said, When my mind is on this, and when he's talking about that, this is the competition. When my mind's on the competition and I'm thinking that I'm defined by this, my competition, how well, my mind go cr goes crazy. But we both know that our identities are in Christ. And then Johnson sort of came in and agreed. And he said, yeah, knowing that my identity is rooted in Christ and not in the competition, whatever the result might be, I can actually just enjoy the experience. And I think, yeah, it was something refreshing, wasn't it? And I, I don't think any of us are as naive to think that they just jump around everywhere with a smile on their face when they didn't do good dives and stuff like that. But the overall, the overall sense is that the, you know, life is much bigger than what we're doing here this week and that uh, who we are and um, what life is about um, helps us deal with our successes and failures in life. And I think that's the problem, isn't it? Success and failure are not really the problem. The problem is that we begin to define ourselves by it. And actually our identity <laughs> is, is, is more in our success and failure. Whether I'm a winner or a loser. <laughs> and both can have detrimental effects to our faith. Both can have detrimental effects in life. I s sent out a clip, I don't think it worked, but if you went onto Facebook, um, uh, on our Facebook site, there's a clip on there, and it's a, a whole lot of famous people like Lady Gaga and stuff like that, and they're talking about the effect that success had on their lives. If you go, you have to go on our Facebook site and go and have a look and have a play of it. It's an amazing clip. It's not a Christian clip at all. It's just a clip that's saying, we had everything, and then basically, well, most of them are saying, but life was empty. There was no mean. I didn't. I couldn't understand where I was going or what it was about. Very interesting clip. So whether we're failing <laughs> or succeeding, um, there's all sorts of things that are happening to our identity and who we are and the way we view life in that. So where are we going to go with this? <laughs> uh, we're looking at Matthew 16. If we go to the next slide, I want to ask this question. Um, ooh, it's little. Um, uh, we uh, sorry were were. We've been looking at Jesus and the disciples. So were the disciples successes or failures? And I just put behind it, are you success? <laughs> and, and why or why not? I think they're sort of the questions that I want us to wrestle with. This morning, if we, if we looked at the disciples and as we go through and as we talk, often we laugh at the disciples and think it all a mistake. But what made them a success or what made them uh, a failure? And about yourself too, how do you uh, answer that? for yourself as a follower of Jesus as a Christian are you a success or a failure in life in career do you are you crippled by fear fear of failing or fear of embarrassment or fear of making the wrong decision what is the difference for you between success and failure have you measured your identity and success by what you do, how much money you have in your bank account or um, what your share portfolio is doing or what grades you get at school. 
when we look at Matthew 16, and I came across that uh, this week. We go to the next slide. Um, Jesus is uh, teaching his disciples here. And in the first part of it, I don't know if you got the, the first part when uh, Phil read, it's, it's often titled Peter's Confession of Christ. He's walking with them, and as he's walking with them, he says, who do people say I am? Um, and they give a few answers, and then he says, what about you? Who do you say I am? And uh, Peter comes out with this cracker of a response and says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And if you sort of know all the big church uh, picture or the Bible picture, he's sort of saying, Jesus, you're the Messiah. You're the one who was promised from of old, uh, from the Old Testament, the king who's going to come and save his people. And I believe that you are divine. You are the son of God who's come to earth uh, to save us and to restore uh, Israel. And I think uh, Jesus... Sorry, I've got to have, got to have a drink. This is a gold medal response. This is the gold medal response. That he, say, he says, yes, Jesus, you are who you say you are. You are the Son of God. And uh, I get the sense, I'm converting it to Olympics, that Jesus is just saying, that's gold, Peter, that's gold, that's gold. And he's, you know, you see what he says there. He says, it's, it's on that sort of confession that I'm going to build my church. It's on people like you who confess that sort of thing, that, you, that I am who I am, that that's who I'll build my church on. Knowing and trusting Jesus versus uh, knowing and trusting oneself. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because he even says there, it's interesting, he says, Peter, you didn't even find that out by yourself. It's a little bit like the Gideon story, isn't it? that someone finds a, a Bible in a bin. He didn't have much to do with saving himself, did he? And Jesus even says, but Peter, you didn't know that God revealed it to you. And this is what we can see in our successes and failures in life. God is often revealing himself. Are we looking for him? Are we seeing him? Are we responding to him in those places? And uh, for that answer, uh, Peter gets the gold medal. <laughs> he gets... Do you see the reward he gets? Pretty impressive, isn't it? Uh, for that sort of answer, you get the keys to the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> you get that sort of answer, you, you, you get eternity. You get to be with me uh, forever. And even more than that, doesn't he? He says you get access uh, to the power. Um, you get, um, you know, what you, whatever you bind on heaven will be bound on earth. Whatever you, sorry, bind on earth will be... Um, loosed in heaven, you know, that, he's basically given everything. That's your reward, eternity and power here on this earth uh, to live that out. People are, are often ask that question, of what, what is this binding and loosing and stuff, or what's that all about? Because uh, we're not sort of familiar with that sort of language. Um, and different uh, commentators say different things, but probably it's, it's, it's actually a ver uh, um, referring to sort of the Holy Spirit coming and Pente Pentecost coming, and that, um, that, that Peter will be um, the power by which the church is started up, and which the church comes to, to earth, and uh, Jesus' ministry continues uh, through him uh, in that situation. And even to the point, so the Jews back in those days would often make binding or loosing decisions about what's right and wrong. And, the bi and so he's saying, I'm going to give to you, what you get to do is to bring the truth to the world. 
the power almost to define good and evil, the power to define success and failure. That's what I'm giving to you and, and the church, and that's what I'm going to build this on, because all of this is determined by who you are in Christ. And so Jesus um, does that. And this is not just reflected here, it's reflected in other parts of the gospel. So, you know, re remember John 16 at the end of the time, Jesus' time with his disciples, um, and they're reflecting around the table eating, uh, and they've sort of said, what we've seen and what we've learned, what they say, makes us believe that you are the Christ. And Jesus says, yes, that's it, you believe at last. And then in John 6, 68, they, the disciples, when they're talking to Jesus, they said, where else would we go? You have the words of eternal life. It's you. And so the, the disciples aren't getting it. They're, they're succeeding along the way. Isn't it? And if you remember the story of the 72 in Luke 10, the 72 come out and they come back to Jesus and they're rejoicing and amazed and they say, you know, what are they amazed at? That the spirits are, you know, the, the powerful things. They could drive out demons. People were coming to Christ. They were doing healings. They were doing all this amazing stuff. And Jesus said to them, guys, don't rejoice at that, but rejoice that your name is written in the book of life. <laughs> rejoice that you're going to be with me in, in heaven forever. Your identity is not in what you do, it's who you are with me, both now and forever. This is good stuff, it's successful and it's, it's great, but remember the ultimate success is being with me in eternity forever. And so as we think about that here in our church, that we're called to help each other uh, operate and live in, that, uh, in our identities in Christ, and we say that we do that in our families, that we keep reminding our children and our parents of who they are in Christ, that their success and failure and their, sorry, their identity is who they are in Christ, even though they're going to have lots of success and failure over the years. And we keep reminding ourselves. And we do that, and that's why we as a church have focused this year particularly on grow groups and life groups, because we can't do this ourselves. We keep forgetting we need to get together and remind ourselves who our, where our identity is. So when we have those failures and we're down and we think life is devastating, that we've got people around us that said, no, look, that's just one of a blip in the radar. Remember who you are in Christ. Let's get together and walk with him and follow with him. Know uh, our eternal reality. Because it's interesting, isn't it? Did you pick up in this passage? A few verses on in verse 22 and 23, Peter comes alongside Jesus and the sense that you get in this is that Jesus, uh, Peter actually knows better than Jesus. And he comes along, Jesus, he said, no, you're never going to die. And, and he goes from the gold medal to the most epic of fails that you could get. Because what, what does Jesus say to him now? He says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> He's gone from gold medal to dud dive in a matter of a couple of verses. And he's gone from sort of the keys of heaven now to sort of the keys of hell. And this happens right through the Gospels, doesn't it? The disciples often think that they know better than Jesus 
when the children come to Jesus, the disciples push him away or disciples have got this agenda or that agenda. And if we learn to know and trust in ourselves or the things of the world more than we do on Christ, that's the failure. And the Bible says that the whole time. Success, the ultimate success and the ultimate of failure is on who you understand Christ to be and who you have become because of him. Because it's interesting, isn't it? Peter is the one, when Jesus is going to the cross, he denies him three times, doesn't he? Three times he says, I don't know Jesus. Another epic fail. And yet Jesus says, your identity is not what you've done. Not what you've said. Not how far you failed. Your identity is not in that. Jesus says, you're my friend. He says, you're my brother. That you are a child of God just as I'm a child of God. And that we're going to live in eternity together. And we know that as the gospel unfolds, isn't it, that Jesus makes that possible by going to the cross, living the perfect life, going to the cross um, and dying our death, dying Peter's death, uh, erasing the consequences of that fail and then rising to life, rising to heaven and giving Peter all authority on heaven and earth to be able to live out his identity on this earth. Even though it's not going to happen perfectly, but that is his identity now. It, has, it gives him a whole new scope and focus and reason for life. And so, as uh, he goes on from there, um, the success, or success of understanding who he is in Christ determines how he lives. And his priorities, his plans, who he eats and drinks with, are now determined by his identity in Christ, not how good he is at them. Do you hear that? It's determined by Christ and our identity in him, not how good we are at having meals with people, explaining the gospel, uh, doing our devotions, praying. That's, that's not where we get our identity from. We get our identity from Christ so that we then strive to do those things the best we can because we want to say thanks. We want to honour him. Those things don't get us the gold medal. They're a response of worship and praise because we've been given the gold medal, eternity with Christ forever. And because Jesus says in the rest of this passage, doesn't he? See, ups, you know, my kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. Success and failure is redefined here, isn't it? He says, if you want to lose your life, you're going to, uh, if you want to live your life, you're going to lose it, and vice versa. The last will be first, and the first will be last. I've chosen the weak rather than the strong. And so again, we turn to our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ, not how good our career is, not how much money we've got in our bank or how our retirement portfolio is looking, not in our image, not in what grades I get at school or what potential I have for the future. No, even in our weakness, God says, my identity is, your identity now is in me. That's what makes you strong. That's what makes you uh, a success. And he goes on a bit further, doesn't he? Because he says, what good is it if you gain the whole world? <laughs> so think, you know, you gain the whole world, whether that be in wealth or riches or identity or grades or whatever it is 
that might be your thing of gaining the whole world. What the good is that if you forfeit your soul? If you can't live with me forever? And he reminds him, he reminds the disciples, he reminds us that my kingdom is of another world. And this is, I think, for me, where it really hits home for us, is that we far too much overemphasize the things of this world than we do of Jesus' kingdom and his world and his reality. And so the physical things of this world take precedence over the spiritual realities. So if I do bad at a test or, you know, my bank balance goes down or I make a really bad investment or I go back into addiction again and do stupid things, well, that's much more weighty than my identity in Christ and the spiritual reality and where I'm going. And Jesus says, you've got to put that stuff into perspective of your identity now, which is in me. You know, you are victors in me, you are you know, winners in me. And so that allows you to deal with all this other stuff that's uh, in our lives as well. Because he does pr- uh, promise in this passage, doesn't he? Jesus promised that he's coming back. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to do an interesting thing. Following the sporting theme, he's going to judge you. (laughs) He's going to come back. He says he's going to come back with his angels. He's going to make a judgment on you, whether you pass or fail, whether you're a success or a failure. And the Father's going to, what does it say? Remember in the Gospel, the Father judges what is unseen, not what is seen. So all that physical stuff that we talked about has to be a... um, is a result of um, our spiritual realities. And our spiritual realities is, even though we're broken people, we're saved by Christ and we have a new identity in him and we're destined for eternity. That our sins have been washed away through him. And that we are the perfect loved children of God. So watch how we measure success and failure in this, uh, in this world. I heard this story twice this week and I just thought for me, I'm just going to say it because it illustrates a bit for me. Um, Billy Graham, um, when he first started his career as an evangelism, uh, an evangelist, he was with two other guys, and I can't remember the other guy, but one of them was Charles Templeton. Um, at the time when they, these guys first started doing their... Charles Templeton and the other guys were much more successful than Billy Graham. All the articles and stuff were replying about how many uh, people were saved under the ministry of Charles Templeton and um, how you know, the, the rallies and stuff were much bigger and Billy Graham and stuff like that. Charles Templeton and the other guys both uh, drifted away from faith. One of them died an alcoholic and the other one ended up writing go- uh, books against God. Um, and I just thought to myself, yeah, the success or failure is not by all of that stuff. It's, it's who your identity is. It's what your identity is in Christ. And Billy Graham, his thing was he, cling, he clung to the truth of who Jesus was. And all the success that, G- that Billy Graham had in the end uh, was a- about his identity in Christ, and he got it to the end. <laughs> and so we don't just be careful how we measure what success is. Um, we need to look at our identity in Christ for that. Uh, where are we going? Um, sort of towards the end. No, I won't go into that. I'll leave that. Um, knowing that our ultimate success is in uh, knowing and following Jesus and that our ultimate failure is in not believing him. And that is a confronting message of the gospel. And that's what I've been saying uh, all along, isn't it? That the gospel confronts us with that reality and also comforts us in that reality. Because as been the theme right through this service is that we can't do it ourselves. 
We can't win ourselves. But Jesus says, I've done it for you. And I put the gold medal around you, around your neck, because of what I have done to make you right with me. And if we go to the last slide, I think we're at the last slide. Yep. The gospel redefines success and failure. We have this victory in Christ and that grace leads to glory. As I've been saying, along, we are not defined by what we do. Christians, you need to hear this because we keep falling back to it. I know I keep falling back to it. God doesn't love us because of what we do. He loves us because of who we are. And what we do now is about his glory. It is about making him, uh, sorry, it is about pleasing him, but it's an act of thanks. It's an act of worship. It's an act of joy. It's a response to uh, him putting the gold medal around our necks. And so even on our bad days, when we have sinned and we fall back into sin, do you know what that is? It's a place, it's an opportunity for the glory of God to shine. Because in our sin, in our brokenness, God's, right, uh, God's grace, God's mercy, God's compassion looks greater. And even in that brokenness, he says, remember who you are in me. You're my number one. You, you know, you're the gold medalist. You're my children. You're my brothers and sisters. We're going to eternity forever. And that, that grace, that in that sin, in that brokenness, it's a place that in our failure, it's a place that we can point to Jesus and remember that's where our identity is, not in this. And so we strive, remember what Paul says, um, you know, I, I fix my eyes on Christ and I strive for him. I strive to live a good and holy life. I strive to follow Jesus. I strive and I work as hard as I can to be like Jesus. That's because of who I am. That's because I already have a prize waiting for me in heaven. It totally changes the way we view our successes and failures. So this morning again, I ask that you would fix your eyes on Christ. That you would believe him like Peter did. That you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You came, you lived and you died for me. You rose again so that I could have life, life to the full. And that life begins now and it's going to go on to eternity. That when Jesus comes again and he judges the earth, he's going to judge us the perfect ten. He's going to give us the ultimate reward, which is heaven and eternity forever. So this week, as you experience the highs and lows, as you experience success and failure, may you be encouraged by this word that God has given to us again this morning. May you fix your eyes on Christ. May you strive and strain, and this is the beauty of that verse, you know how it ends? In his strength not yours, in his strength. And that you would help each other do that in your families, in your grow groups, in your ministries, in your life groups. Let's fix our eyes on Christ and strive and strain with all our effort to live for his glory. Let's pray. Lord and God, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning. We give you praise this morning 
that our identity is not in what we have been able to achieve or do, what we have been uh, working at or working toward, Lord, that our identity is in Christ. And for that, we give you thanks. We give you praise. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you so loved us, that you came to this earth, that you lived amongst us, that you were willing to go to a cross, that you were willing to take upon yourself hell and the punishment that we deserved so that we may have life and life to the full and life for eternity. Lord, will you help us to know the deep, loving truth of your gospel? that there is nothing that can separate us from you, that in you we are victorious, that in you we have new identities. So help us this week to flee from sin, flee from the pressures of the world and to pursue you. Help us not to trust in ourselves, not to trust in the things of this world, but help us to trust in you, whatever our circumstance may be. And Lord, we pray that we wouldn't just do that as individuals, but we would do it as your family, this church, that we would encourage one another, build one another, remind one another of the truth of who we are in Christ. Holy Spirit, come upon us. Make us more like Christ. Help us to follow you in all things. In the name of Jesus, amen.